Hello and welcome back to the Rolling in the Deep podcast, uh, episode number three, part two of Cassie's story. So today uh, I'll I'll be interviewing Cass um, and she'll be talking a bit about her experience with drugs uh, from, from years ago. Then we go into spirituality and research uh, because Cass is somebody who loves to research and she's researched plenty of topics over the years. Um, And so we sort of touch on that too. And then finally moving into how she found God, uh, the story behind how she found God, which is pretty interesting. Uh, And I will mention as well that at the end of this episode, we do get cut off quite quickly. Um, so the rest of what we were talking, what, what we're talking about will, um, come up in the next episode, which will be part three. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode, part two of Cassie's story. when I was born and like, you know, little like toddler, I actually, she told me that I was very outgoing and confident and like mischievous and really wanted to be like the center of attention. And I would like dance and sing in front of people. And like, she said, I started to, to change and really become an introvert. Um, when I got to like maybe 10 years old, Okay. And I, I find that really interesting because I think the older you get when you're trying to find out who you are, you always end up going back to who you were when you're really young. And I just mm. find that interesting that mum says that I was like that because I I feel like in my heart I am like that. It's just that it's like it's only me that sees it. So um, I think as well um, growing up, and I and I was a real introvert maybe I felt confused and angry because I did have this other side but it was like something made me want to hide it all the time and that do you know what that do you know what that was well if I'm looking at it from my belief now in God I I would say that that was maybe me being oppressed by like in a spiritual way like trying to to something trying to like press down a lot of my personality to make me feel like I had to hide away and and not like shine almost um but back then it wouldn't I wouldn't have understood but now looking at it I feel like it was just maybe a spiritual thing so who I'm curious now who are you I feel like I'm like without any fear just like fire I feel like I'm just this raging fire that like wants to like light the world up but with but with like a kick Mm. like I have this gentleness about me but I also I feel like what drives me is this like inner fire to to really fight for truth and Mm. and to bring things out that um are hidden to the world and that makes for a lot of unpopular topics and conversations that most people are really uncomfortable with. 
I'm kind of both. I'm kind of two people, but I understand the two sides of myself now. And, and I don't have to be one or the other. I don't have to be an introvert who shies away and hides, you know, behind books and behind research. I can, I can be that gentle person and still be like a, a fire that wants to really en enlighten people as well. I think that's the best way I could do it. I think it's mm. taken me like a long time to truly accept both sides of myself. Yeah. And that, but that in itself is a lot, uh, is a lot more than what um, a lot of people would do. Cause it's not an easy process to go through and it, and it's, it, it's you, you accepting all of you from mm -hmm. both parts. And I can relate to this. It's, it's not easy. And, but what comes out of it is like authenticity. You, you're living authentically. You can bring the two together and have a strong voice, but still have a gentle nature. And I think the yeah. older you get, the more you like, I think people run away from who they are for so long that eventually, no matter what, it catches up with you and it's almost like life's events get crazier and put you in these situations almost to make you face who you are if you're mm -hmm. avoiding it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I heard something really cool. Um, I've heard it a few times, but I heard it really cool uh, by Rob Dial. He's like, he's my new, my new mentor boyfriend who I listen to every day. Um, <laughs> His podcast is called the Mindset Mentor Podcast and it's really, really great. I love it. I have this thing with now listening to men rather than... Yes, I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, it's. I guess cool. it's like kind of recent, but um, yeah, it's working for me. So that's great. But anyway, he was saying he heard, he heard from somewhere that you know, like it'll be, um, it'll be like a little nudge. Like you'll get this little nudge to be like, this needs to change or, you know, yeah. a, a new learning or a new discovery about yourself. And if you don't listen to the nudge because, you know, you're so busy working or, you know, you have to make an income or you have to do this, or you have to do that. You don't listen to it. it it'll become like a brick <laughs> and like be a little bit heavier on you. To, to try and get you to change and move and grow and yeah. then if you if you don't listen to the brick you know he used the like he used the I think it's a metaphor he used the metaphor of getting hit by a truck it'll just be this massive massive knockdown whether it be with your health like something major will happen with your health or yeah. you know relationships or whatever it might be to get you to to make the change in your life yeah um and like you've listened to the nudges along the way but also leading into the next thing I want to talk about was that in a way you kind of were hit by a truck like I feel like I feel like recently within the last you know however many years you've followed the nudges um yeah so just those small little those small little pokes to to change or to learn something new or to grow in a certain way but going back to like high school or even after high school um, when you were, you know, like in your phase of drugs and conspiracies, like would you say that a truck came and 
you know, like came and knocked you down? Or what's your experience? Okay, so let's go into this. What is your experience about, um, you know, drugs and conspiracies? I was going to talk to you about school and your rebellious nature in school, but I think, like, if you have anything to say there, go for it. But I think that we sort of did cover that quite a bit. Um, uh, So, yeah, going into, like, drugs and conspiracies, can you share with us because I can't relate I can't relate and this is what I love so much is that your story is very very different to my story uh in many many ways um but I can't relate to the drugs like I dabbled but it was just a dabble there was no there was no uh you know everyday everyday use or anything like that so can you share with us um, how sort of how you became involved with drugs yeah. and right. how they affected your life and your relationships and your views of the world and just yeah can you just tell yeah. us tell us about your experience with drugs and what and what kind of drugs you know oh god um <laughs> I think I've tried a lot a lot of things um I've been think- everywhere man <laughs> It's weird though. I a lot of people say that like um, when you start weed, that weed is the gateway drug to like all the heavier stuff. And I feel like for me, I started with the really heavy stuff and then went all the way down to really light, like just weed. Um, so I think the first time I even tried something like would have been alcohol, obviously. Um, any time I could go to, like, I just remember like telling mum that there'd be a party on and like, I don't know how she trusted me already knowing how rebellious I was, but I'd say like, yeah, that's, there'll, be no, there'll be no drinking. Like I've got um, so-and-so's parents will be picking us up. And like, I just remember one party I went to, um, one of our other friends, her mum picked us up, picked me up, sorry, picked me and her up after the party. And I told mum that there'd be no drinking or anything. And I, I literally grabbed every drink I could find at that party. I mixed. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't have any like foundries. So I think like just anything I could find to just feel out of body or out of mind, I was attracted to. Um, so I remember that party. I just, I grabbed every drink I could find. I got picked up by my friend's parents. I, I think I was that drunk. I actually peed my pants because the line to the toilet was so long and I, I, I hadn't been that drunk before and I, I lost control and peed my pants and got picked up by my friend's parents and mum had to pick me up from her house and she could see how blind I was and she'd seen that I'd like peed my pants and I think she was like, okay, that's punishment enough. You literally, as a, as a like, teenage girl, like peed your pants. But I think from that party, I knew that like, even if I got in trouble and got caught out, it wasn't enough to stop me from doing it. I, I craved it more. Mm. Um, so, and I think even like, like I would steal my mum's cigarettes. I had no idea how to smoke a cigarette. I would just, my mum did smoke. So I would see her doing it and my dad smoked as well. Um, so I would see them doing it, but I didn't actually know how to like inhale it, but I would still steal them and just try it anyway. Um, the first real heavy drug I tried would have been ecstasy. And that would have been when I was maybe 
16 and and I would do that regularly like on weekends with my boyfriend at the time um he was older so like we would be hanging out with older people um and they would all do it and um I think the first time was probably like a bit scary because I didn't know what was going to happen but after I had that initial experience and I like was alive still after it I just thought cool like I can do this all the time and I'm fine so it just became like this escape from reality at any time I could get my hand on like um ecstasy or whatever I would take it and it and um I don't think any of like our friends were doing this at the same time as me not that I can think of actually maybe one other friend one mm. other friend <laughs> that we have um I think she was doing it too um and then I think at like at this point my mum had started dating her now partner they've been together for like 14 15 years um he was a security guard so he obviously knew what people on drugs looked like and knew the effects of like um what alcohol and stuff does to you so like when they started going out and I was this is in my like heavy drug stage I think he knew the signs a lot quicker than my mum so he um I think he like told my mum like you need to watch out for like your daughter I think she's like really into drugs at the moment and I think that was when mum like would start to see me like you call it coming down so like you have like a big bender or a big drug weekend and then you come off the drugs and then you you know your um, emotions are all like out of whack and you get angry and um mum would start to see that happening like regularly on like every weekend so I think she was like okay my daughter's obviously doing drugs um and I think even at that point a lot of my friends including you kind of backed away from me because it was a bit scary to watch me kind of going in this downward spiral um and then I think that kind of stopped after a few years like I I dabbled enough in that heavy stuff that like it wasn't really doing enough for me anymore and then um my next boyfriend he was a massive weed smoker and then sort of my my next drug of choice was weed and that became like a my longest stretch of like the same drug so it became and so would just to would you smoke would, would how would you smoke how would you smoke um, I think I think I actually my first um I don't think I smoked a joint I think it was a bong I think I used mm. a bong because that's what my then boyfriend was using so he showed me what to do um and it was pretty heavy but to be honest like the the feeling of it was a little bit different from like what I was used to so again it was like this excitement of like wow I feel <coughs> like I can escape reality but it's in a whole different um vibe than the other drugs mm. it was a lot more relaxed but still allowed me to like escape and not have to like to think about you know the world and stuff but then um the longer I used it the more it started to do the opposite to what I thought and it actually would make me think even heavier and even deeper and I started to see the really horrible effects of long-term use of it and so I was losing a lot of weight and I was already I'm already a really tiny girl 
So I would, I remember I lost a whole heap of weight. Mm. I wasn't eating. Um, my moods were incredibly um, up and down. I was very angry, which um, also at the same time, I think smoking the weed was when I was looking up conspiracies and it like, they just bounced off one another. Like the weed would intensify my need to think outside the box and think about these big questions which then would lead me to research stuff which then would stress me out when I would find something out that I didn't know which would make me want to smoke more and it just turned into this um like vicious cycle and how long into sorry how long into um how long into the smoking like smoking marijuana did this was did this start happening um maybe like two three years okay and this is of consistent like daily daily yeah. use I think after like three years of me like doing it every now and again it became like an everyday habit like I so at this point I would have been maybe like 19 20 years old um mm. I'd finished school um and I was working um as a waitress at a restaurant and I couldn't even go to work without having it like before my shift um, yeah. I'd need as soon as I got home to get to sleep and then it would just, yeah, every day that became. I remember like you would come and see, um, I remember you would come and see me at my place and you would say like, I can't, I can't, um, I think even sometimes maybe you pretended like you weren't high or wow. maybe you just, or maybe you didn't think, cause, cause I could always tell, but yeah. You would, yeah, but you would say, um, you, you told me one time you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't start my day without it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that for people, you know, that you, that you were using it every single day um, and it became like a massive, massive part of your life and almost like your identity, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so going from there, so you're, you're in the, you know, in the research, you're in the research part of it you know, looking up conspiracies, getting a really deep view of the world? Um, and this was when, I guess, like all drugs, they the, the novelty wears off and it's like, okay, cool, this isn't really fun anymore. Um, and I think at that time I was really trying to find out who I was um, in a spiritual way because I felt like, I would always think about deep questions like why are we here, what is the meaning of life and blah, 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 um, which led me down a spiritual path. So as I was still smoking weed but it wasn't like my main focus in life, it was just sort of in the background, um, I started researching like kind of like holistic sort of ways of life and like meditation and um, I was really into like healing crystals and um uh, like tarot cards and kind of like you know that kind of not witchcraft but like um real spiritual kind of practices I was really into that it was it became like my focus um and the weed sort of slowly started to die off while that became my main focus um but then again like I would dabble in these areas of study and and interests and it would kind of seem like okay this is who I am and then it would it would feel like I was 
trying too hard to be that like that person who, who was into those things so I would be like okay what what can I look into next and it just became this thing for like the next five years I reckon maybe age 20 to like age 25 was just this constant search for meaning um that obviously drugs weren't fulfilling but I still had a bit of a a need for escape so I would still smoke um and then eventually it led me down the path of finding God and I feel like that's where um I was forced to face my real inner demons and to kind of get the other stuff out of my life and that was when I think my whole life turned around and by that point I was with another my now husband but we were going he was he smoked as well so I think we went through a bit of a dark area where we both smoked and we'd been both smoking for seven years or longer and it it really almost pushed us to breaking point but then I somehow just I read I found a bible I got a bible I read the bible it changed my whole like world view I slowed down on the smoking and I started to become just like lighter and happier and then um I guess my husband went on that same journey a few years after and I think that's when everything really turned around for the better Mm. did that explain it yeah that's great yeah I was just thinking like what um what was your biggest like what was the biggest lesson that you could take from your whole experience with drugs because now like you haven't you haven't done drugs you haven't taken drugs for a really really long time like we're talking years yeah um um and like what is the biggest lesson that you've taken from from that experience I think a lot of the time that I was on drugs, it, it alters your state of consciousness to the point where um, things can be blown out of proportion. Mm. And I think for a while that seemed really appealing, but then when I finally was able to quit and I had this just sober mind and everything was very just clear, I could see things for as they were and it wasn't, they weren't, um, you know, problems would come along and instead of it being the worst thing in the world, I could just see it as like a simple problem that could be fixed. And I liked that the longer I was sober, I felt more in control. And I think I think a lot of people that are on drugs maybe feel like they're in control because they're taking the drug. So it's like they're feeling this certain way. So they're in control, but really it's taking away their control. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest Yeah, because thing- you're becoming dependent. Yeah. And I, and I think I really had to, to get to like this rock bottom of my like dark side of my personality to really see that that's not who I wanted to be. Even though um, those drugs could bring that side out of me, being sober almost felt like a new drug to me. It was like having that clear conscience, that clear mind, the um, being able to make a responsible decision without being like... Um, on something was was like a new like I found like a new level of respect for myself so like I was able to carry myself more confidently and and really search who I was without needing to be on a substance 
and so what was the turning point so you found you found god but why did how was finding god a turning point for you um so before reading the bible i heard about jesus knew the story of jesus and knew that he was like a a popular historical figure in some way that a lot of people turn to you know in their life um mm. but at before reading the bible and i was just dabbling in spiritual practices like um a lot of those other religions and and ways of life kind of even though they seemed peaceful and like they would they make your lifestyle peaceful a lot of it still um allowed for negative things to to be considered normal so like a lot of them would would have um condoned drug use and marijuana use a lot of it um would have been more like yeah um you only live once like do what makes you feel good and and while that sounds really appealing um after I read the bible it was almost the opposite it was like it told me it tells you things that you almost don't want to hear but that are so true you can't really hide away from what it said so mm -hmm. I started to become intrigued with almost hearing the opposite to what I'd studied before that because it it challenged my own way of thinking yeah. um so where a lot of religions would say you know it's fine to drink and smoke and as long as it makes you feel good the bible was saying the opposite and I was like oh, wow like like why like even though everything this book is saying sounds so like boring and like um you know there's a lot of rules it seemed like it was so like intriguing to me to to have that form of discipline and to really um, look at humanity like in the in the sinful way that we are that other religions didn't touch on how did god come into your life because i know that you had like a really uh, like a pretty massive experience of you know the night that he that you that your whole that? view changed hey you remember that <laughs> Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Okay. Because even though even though you were even though you were really far out, like I I believed you, you know, like I've always oh, believed you. Like I because I know that you're an honest person. Um so when you'd say you'd research something or you know, you found out something or you know, a new topic or um I'm I'm intrigued and in a lot of the ways even though I'm not like a Christian like a Christian as such, I feel like I do follow, um, you know, like the same sort of worldly views and stuff like that. So can you, yeah, can you talk us through about what happened that, that night? That night, yeah, that night. So um, I'm always pretty like, I'm always pretty conscious of like dates and times and like numbers and things like that. Um, it's something that's always played a big role in my life. Um, and I remember I was heavily, heavily meditating in um, the spare room in my mum's house at like, I don't know, like two o'clock in the morning, smoking mm. as well. And um, I remember, I, I think I was like half an hour into meditating and I was in my mind, I was sort of thinking, what is the meaning of life? Like, what's the, like, why am I here? I, I just need 
some direction. And I, I remember the, the room filling, like the room filled with light. And um, it's so hard to explain. It was like the whole room just filled with this white light. And um, so, but I had my eyes closed. So it was like, it was happening in my mind, but I, it was happening in the room as well. Um, and I, I instantly got the answer in my mind that the meaning of everything was love. And even though that sounds very simple, I, I got this overwhelming feeling of, of love, not just for my family and for, you know, but I felt like this love for humanity. I felt, I felt it was like I was feeling God's love for humanity without knowing that it was, it was God at the time. It was like he gave me this sneak peek of, of his of his purpose for creating everything and he he like filled the room with like his love and I don't, I don't know how to explain it any better than that but and it was just it like was, a knowing yeah it was just like this inner knowing and this this inner peace of like the answer to all my problems and questions was so simple like it was just right in front of my face the whole time and um that was all that really happened, but I looked at the time and it was the 6th of the 7th, 2015. Um, and what, say that again. It was the 6th of the 7th, so March, April, May. So the 6th of July, 2015. Oh my gosh, I was just thinking of um, my oldest daughter's birthday, but it's the 7th of the 6th, 2015. Oh. Well, the numbers six and seven are very like prominent in my life. And I even have the number six tattooed on my body. And just a lot of things happen in life that have the number six attached to it. And my husband's, uh, like my birthday is on the, the sixth and my husband's birthday is on the seventh. So I would constantly see the numbers six and seven everywhere. So when I looked at the date after this happened, it was the sixth of the seventh. 2015 at 2:15 in the morning so I was I don't know if that even meant anything but it just it stuck with me and I was able to put a time and date on this weird thing that happened mm. and so from that night from that night um I just got this this was before I'd read the bible but I I got this urge that I wanted to read the Bible and I, I don't know where that came from because like what a strange thing to think like I just don't know yeah but funnily enough I, I wanted a really old Bible I didn't want like a, a new one and so I was talking to my dad on the phone I think I might have even told him about what happened but he wasn't very spiritual so I don't think I would have gone into that much detail but I think I was asking him like saying oh like I really want to read an old Bible like um, one from like you know a while ago and he had one in his house that was his dad's and he gave that to me so that was the first bible I ever read and um, it takes a long time to it's a really big book it takes about a year to read so from like and you've read it multiple times haven't you yeah I think I've read it like five or six times um, so I think from like 2015 to 2016 um, 
by the time I'd started reading it. I just knew, I just knew this is what I believe in. Everything I'm reading sounds like what I've been searching for my whole life and I can't explain it to anyone, but this is what feels right for me. And I just knew that all the other things I'd dabbled in just weren't me. That's the simplest way I can put it. So then the next from what year are we in now? 2021 yeah from 2016 or a little bit before to now has pretty much just I haven't changed my worldview I have not changed my belief so I know that this is what is meant for my life um and it sort of acts like a a, a guidance right yeah like a, a like a set of rules to follow and be guided by is that sort of is that sort of what it feels like it is and it isn't. To be honest, the Bible like rules are pretty much set in everybody's conscience anyway. Like most people are born with this feeling that if they lie, it feels a bit wrong after.